Original shows have been the engine driving SVOD growth. Now AVOD players are getting into the crowded and costly originals game. Can they make money? And what else do they hope to gain? Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon at the top of the podcast from End Screen Media. Hey, Colin, how are you? I'm doing very well. I have not had a chance yet to try the HBO Max with ads, and that's because I've signed up for HBO Max without ads. Have you had a chance to take a look look at it, Will? No, I have HBO Max without ads also, but I'm eager to give the ad-supported version a try. Uh, I still, for the life of me, don't understand exactly how it's going to work. Am I going to see an ad in the middle of Game of Thrones or The Wire, or am I not? Well, according to what I I read this morning, (laughs) you are not. The HBO HBO series will be held sacrosanct, so they won't be sullied by ads although you'll see ads before and after. And it's not entirely clear that you'll see all of the HBO content that's released uh, in the ad-supported version. I know you're not going to see some of the movies, that's for sure. Some of the first one um, PVOD movies that are being released, they aren't going to be available in the ad-supported version. But uh, I don't know. It, It looks interesting, though. If there are no ads against any of the library content, like The Wire, Sopranos, Game of Thrones, etc., that seems like a lot of non-monetized uh, viewership that HBO Max with ads is going to have on its hands. Yeah, I, I think so too. And you know, funnily enough, Will, this is a topic that we got into, the ad load in a panel that's going to be part of your CTV Advertising Summit. Summit my Fast and AVOD panel, we talked about ad load and uh, it was a really interesting discussion so people should if they haven't already they should sign up for your summit absolutely over 45 executives speaking at our connected tv ad summit next week on the afternoons of june 9th and 10th registration is free and all registrants are entered to win a 50 inch roku tv and soundbar so don't miss out on that um colin we want to highlight a couple of stories that hit our radar this week beyond HBO Max with ads and then get into our main topic this week. So what was first up on your radar? Well, first up on my radar was Apple TV appearing on Android TV devices. That started on, I think, on Monday when they appeared on NVIDIA Shield. And apparently they're rolling out pretty broadly across those devices. Now I know it's already available on uh, Google's own Chromecast with Google TV. Uh, And I suspect it will be on a bunch of other devices, although some third-party devices that that leverage Android TV may not get it and may never get it. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see. But this is really important because uh, Apple TV is rapidly approaching the time when it is going to start asking people to pay for Plus, uh, start ponying up that $4.99 and uh, they need it on as many devices as physically possible. And although I will say they need more content in that service, if, I think, if they're going to stand a chance of keeping a lot of the people that are currently using it. But um, uh, that's possibly a topic for another day. Definitely. I know you've mentioned that before, and I, I concur with you. We, we dropped Apple TV Plus in my house just 
basically ran out of stuff to watch pretty quickly and that was that yep yep what about you what what caught your eye well what caught my eye was uh, a story in the wall street journal this week that cnn is apparently going to be launching a streaming service called cnn plus and file this one in the day late and dollar short category <laughs> because we of course cbs n has been out there for at least five years maybe longer nbc news now launched a while ago fox nation launched a while ago then there are you know any number of other free news sites out there whether it's newsy or quick take or um you know certainly youtube all the social networks etc so cnn is coming to this very late in the game and it's not clear from the article whether they've made any decision on whether there's going to be kind of subscription plus ads or an ad free service ad free option or only ad supported option um and also not really clear how this cnn is going to plus is going to fit in with the broader i think bundle that we can expect from uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus once that deal is eventually concluded, which will probably be still a year from now. But um, it, it did seem like they're coming quite late to the party here. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the differentiator is going to be. I think so, Will. I, I think that, uh, as you say, they're very late to the party. Everybody else, everybody else is pretty much already playing. It is an incredibly crowded space. In fact, it's even more crowded than than cable, t- cable TV, where there were really only four primary providers there. And here, boy, there's a whole bunch more. So it's going to be really tough, I think, for them to catch up online. Yeah. So let's transition to our main topic this week, Colin, which I think is an area that has been getting a lot of attention and certainly coming out of the new front's got a lot of attention, which is... The idea that original TV programs are now being created by AVOD services. So, you know, of course, with Netflix ramping into the original space, what, at least seven years ago now, I'm trying to think, with the House of Cards, maybe even before that, with some of the other smaller ones that they did, and all the originals that have come from Hulu and Amazon, Disney Plus, etc. Uh, it's felt like SVOD has been really the primary driver of uh, the originals uh, proliferation that we've seen over the last bunch of years. But um, we see AVOD services now coming into this space pretty quickly. And we're both intrigued by that for a number of different reasons. And you're going to get us started. I am. And, and this is pretty interesting. I th- a pretty interesting move, I think, by... AVOD players will. There, there's, of course, plenty of originals in news content. A lot of 24-hour streaming news channels have, have that content. But the entertainment-focused ones, folks like Crackle and the Roku channel and 2B, they've really, been, they've really based their business on licensing models, particularly for library content. And, you know, they've been doing pretty well with that. But it's become increasingly clear that that is not enough and that they do really do need to step up now and start delivering some originals. And they are beginning to do that. Um, I, I checked out three different stories in the last week that show that, that, that that's what's beginning to happen. Of course, I think our audience is probably very familiar with the fact that the, uh, the folks at Roku purchased their Quibi originals, um, which is great 
for Roku users. If you're a Roku user, there's plenty of um, really good content. Quibi may have failed, but it did produce some pretty good shows. Um, so that's worth checking out. And they, they picked up 75 shows, including some that were never released by Quibi, uh, paid less than 100 million. So there's a lot of originals there on the Roku channel. Uh, and uh, actually, they also, the Roku channel, um, stepped up and got an interesting deal with Saban Films for pay one window streaming rights to about a third of the distributor's 2021 movie slate. So that that's also interesting there. That, that that's, that's the pay one window is the same window that people like HBO uh, and um, other movie ch- movie channels get. They, that's that first window, and so they'll be participating in that. With and there's a couple of movies there, Echo Boomers that were Echo Boomers that was called out um, as being one of one of those movies impacted there. Now Crackle Crackle's really interesting, right? Because Crackle has been what was very early into the originals camp. They of course produced the very successful comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld very early on and that absolutely had me hooked uh, that was snapped up by Netflix later and of course Crackle was later sold to Chicken Soup for the Soul and I'm going to say that Chicken Soup for the Soul is doing a great job with Crackle it continues to maintain a pretty pretty solid share of um, of ABOD usage and they're continuing to produce original content. They announced a suite of new stuff, uh, working with Landmark Studios Group. Uh, they have unscripted shows like Going for Broke and The World's Smartest Homes, documentary series, sports documentary series, scripted shows like they've got a sci-fi thriller called Spides that looks really interesting to me. It's a genre-bending show called Safe Haven. So... This is really great, I think, for free viewers, people who want to watch for free. They're going to have some really great content on Crackle, so that's definitely going to be worth checking out there. And finally, Tubi hinted that they would be that they were thinking, or at least Fox, uh, Tubi's owner, hinted that they were thinking that they were going to create original content. And they have actually been concerned. Steve Tomsick, who's CFO of Fox, he says they're going to produce 140 plus hours of original content, and uh, that 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 I think will be very helpful in helping Tubi to continue to grow. Uh, so this is this I think is pretty interesting. Will that uh, Avod services are really beginning to step up now into the original the you know the cre- creation of original content. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think it is pretty interesting, also. And um, you know, as we were saying at the top, the you know the originals horse race has been you know table stakes have been getting higher and higher. I think you could argue from the SVOT standpoint, the production quality, the A list talent, the locations, the costumes, everything uh, just seems like it's gotten more and more lavish on the SVOT side. So. It's going to be interesting to see how the AVOD players are going to sort of pick and choose where to play with their originals, because I don't think we could expect, reasonably speaking, that the production budgets funded by advertising alone are going to be anywhere close to what we're uh, accustomed to seeing in the SVOD side uh, of the house. So 
I think that's one interesting question. Um, another one related to this you mentioned earlier at the very beginning of the podcast here relates to ad loads. And, you know, certainly if you're relying on advertising only to fund your production budgets, you've got to optimize that revenue stream. And it, as we've seen in network TV and cable TV, the ad loads have gotten heavier and heavier and heavier. We've seen kind of a reversal of that in streaming. We've talked about this before, but light ad loads from the you know likes of Peacock and now HBO Max and and others. But obviously, the lighter the ad load, the less the revenue. So um, I think that the AVOD players are really going to need to focus on how to maximize every ad spot. And a lot of that, I think, is going to come back to targeting uh, first party, their first party data on their user base um, and, you know, really making themselves, uh, uh, creating a strong pitch for themselves to the ad buyers who are essentially going to be funding these productions. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what these originals look like uh, as they roll out. Um, actually, you know, Roku just announced another new show this morning. We're recording here on Thursday. Uh, f- the first one from their content studio. It's called Roku Recommends. And I think it's a pretty smart play, actually. It's sort of a curated approach on top shows that are available across the Roku platform. That could be on either AVOD or SVOD. Um, but, you know, I think that's probably a relatively inexpensive show for them to produce. Uh, but yet could be pretty high value to the viewer. So that feels like the sweet spot for the AVOD players to be looking at is, you know, shows that are high value, but still don't require the lavish production budgets. Right. And that's actually one of the things that's, I think, most interesting about what Crackle Plus is doing, Will, because sure that they are investing in what I think most people would consider to be very, very cost-effective shows like Unscripted, Going for Broken World, Smartest Homes. These are these are typically much cheaper to produce, uh, and documentaries usually have much smaller budgets. But I've got to tell you, I'm really intrigued by the the two scripted shows that were called out, Spies and Safe Haven. They do not sound particularly low budget to me. They sound like they're proper, you know, re, uh, real scripted shows with substantial budgets. So I, I, I'm really interested to see how they, uh, they, they play, but also how, how much money they cost for Crackle to produce. And I'm really pulling for them to be successful. You know, it's funny because I remember being at a conference about three years ago, two years ago now, um, I guess pre-pandemic, and that, at that conference, there was a panel in which the panelists were asked if AVOD providers would ever create higher budget, uh, higher budget originals. And there was an emphatic no from at least one of the panelists who thought that they'd, they'd never be able to do that because it would never, never be fundable um, with the revenue that was driven by those services. And that didn't sound right to me. So I, I, think, I think what we're seeing here with Crackle, Plus continuing to invest quite a lot. Uh, and we don't, of course, know what Tubi is going to come out with in its 140 plus hours of original content, although Mr. Tom Sick did say he was going to be, quote, cost effective. But I do, I got to believe that ad supported can support fairly decent production budgets. I mean, for goodness sake, uh, 
traditional television, traditional advertising supported television has been able to do that for decades. So I've got a feeling that we will see some pretty good productions, perhaps not the quantity that we're seeing from SVOD providers and from big services like Paramount Plus and HBO Max. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, they should be pretty interesting. So anyway, I'm very hopeful that those shows will end up being very interesting and do well. Um, and yeah. will spur on the Roku channel, Tubi and others to produce much more high quality scripted shows as well. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to network or cable TV and and those networks being able to support originals over the years, again, important to get back to the ad load question. You know, if an hour of network or cable TV carries, you know, call it 20 minutes of ads or, you know, 18 to 20 minutes of ads, give or take. Um, and now we're talking about shows carrying four or five minutes of ads. That's you know, what, 20, 25% of, of the ad inventory. And so if you're not getting four to five times the CPM, then you're basically net negative. If you're looking at, um, you know, for, from one of the uh, AVOD um, network stamp, uh, streamer standpoints. So I don't think anybody believes that getting a four or five times CPM is realistic. So there does seem like there's just going to be less money available for the productions but you know you may get a model where maybe they're producing and then they look to syndicate some of the shows i think we've seen that model with some streaming uh services that have created um shows and then have been able successful in syndicating them the, the other piece i think colin that's interesting here is whether these originals are going to be launched solely on demand or whether they might find their way into these so-called virtual linear services uh, because we've heard from several folks in the industry that the virtual linear services have higher engagement, meaning that they're watched for longer periods of time than AVOD. And, you know, that too could contribute to the economics for these original productions if they're put into a virtual linear network that maybe somebody sits down and watches, uh, you know, a bunch of them back to back, or maybe it leads to them uh, getting into other originals from that network. So I think that's also going to be an interesting question here is where do they play relative to with linear relative to strictly on demand? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there I think things are really quite blurry, right? We do have more strictly linear type services like Pluto and Zumo, but we also have, you know, other services that provide linear like Peacock, that is still prim it's primarily an AVOD platform, but there are uh, linear elements available. And I got a feeling that we're going to see a lot of blurring going on here. I think Tubi has also launched some linear, some linear channels. The Roku channel certainly has some linear channels as well. Yep. So it I, would be really interesting to see how they leverage their original content between those two formats, between the AVOD format and the linear linear format. I, actually, Will, I wanted to raise one issue that I'm another another thing that I'm really interesting to, interested to see what will happen, particularly if you get a show like Spides on Crackle Plus that really hits, that is really successful. 
One of the things that we've seen in traditional TV, of course, is appointment viewing. And when you have a great show, ad values in that show just explode, right? So you do, you know, end up paying way, way, way more to advertise during that just because it gets great coverage. It's interesting to think about what the impact of a big hit in originals for an AVOD service will have on the service. Mm-hmm. Because it clearly won't have the same impact on CPM values because not everybody is watching at the same time. However, it does have an impact because it should increase reach. And, and mm-hmm. after all, what's the reason they're making originals? Really for two reasons. Well, primarily one reason is to attract new users. Um, and of course, it's a great benefit for existing users, but they're already there, right? You really want to get people in there to help discover the library and start making it a habit to be there. Um, so clearly it'll have an impact there, but I'm wondering, will, will a, a, a breakout hit have some sort of impact on CPMs uh, at that, uh, on, on, on that service? What do you think there? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And not just what the CPM in that individual show might be, but how it might create a halo effect for other originals or even syndicated programs that are available on that network. Um, so, yeah, I think that clearly there are, you know, m- sort of multiple objectives or multiple upsides, rather, that could flow from having a hit original. Um, and, you know, I think, as you said earlier, Colin, the reality is that there's really no choice for these big AVOD services. They have to create originals. That's the only way to ultimately differentiate yourself in the content business. You can't just be syndicating you know, libraries of content because if you don't own your own stuff, you don't control your own destiny and you're also forever splitting the economics with some other you know, party who you license the content from. So you know, we've all seen this movie before over the years and this is just the latest group of networks or you know services whatever you want to call them uh, that have been you know have have pursued originals at some point so you know difference here being that it's solely ad supported and of course streaming so there's one other aspect that i think is advantageous to producing originals for the avod services one of the things that we've talked a lot on the podcast is svod services and and how svod services want to they pretty much all want to transition to being anchor tenants in many, many people's entertainment portfolios, right? That's that's a really critical thing for folks like Netflix and Prime Video and the, the newcomers like Paramount Plus and Disney Plus. They all want to be anchor tenants. They want people paying month in, month out. But there are a lot of advertising-supported services, and it's very confusing for consumers Getting a name with many, many consumers as being a go-to free service where they can find not only a quality library of, of existing content, of licensed content, but of original content could help make these services anchor tenants of people's portfolios, the, place, the, the, the free yep. place they go to first. And I got a feeling that that is going to be a critical battle because those that are able to cross that bridge will see revenues, well, that they'll become daily 
used daily by many, many people. And that just puts them in a completely different category to any other service that was not able to make that transition. So that's, I think, one of the things where originals really shine. They will help a service like 2B or Crackle Plus transition to being an anchor tenant and being a daily service, a service that people come into on a daily basis along with their SVOD services. So, you know, that that's clearly one of the benefits, I think, that they get from, I think from right. producing quality originals. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right, Colin. And, and you're going to be getting into this discussion on your session at next week's CTV Ad Summit focused on the big opportunity and FAST and AVOD with your panelists. So we'll look forward to that. And I think we will leave it at that for today, right? Yeah, we will. And that, that's going to be a great discussion. You've got to be there. It's got to, I've got 2B A&E Networks, World, Digitas. It's going to be a great discussion. Very much looking forward to that, Colin. So great conversation today. Very compelling topic. Thanks, everybody, for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream. And we'll see you all again next week.